And we're back, episode three of the Football Prophets. It's uh, we're here with Ramon, well, and Matt. How we doing? And we're gonna go through mm. some of the things that happened this week, starting with yeah. Matt Ryan. Yeah, you want to go first, Matt, or I go? You can go. I'll show you. The, I'll throw you the floor. All right. Well, last week I believe I had the. Colts in as or somebody had the Colts in as losers for three. I think we all did. I did. I know that. Uh, I yeah. Not. So we had the Colts in as a loser, and I mean, wasn't because we thought their roster was bad. It was more just the fact that they didn't have a quarterback, and the rumors were that they're either getting Marcus Mariota or Gardner Minshew. But now, instead, we found out it's Matt Ryan, and that is a huge W for the Colts. If I'm a Colt fan, I would be happy as much as I like Carson Wentz I don't think uh what's it called I don't think this uh, Matt Ryan thing is a downgrade I think Matt Ryan is still a really good quarterback I still have him around the 14 to 18 range and I mean in the Colts if he can get some actual protection you could have an argument that he could maybe fall in that around 12 or 13 on his play because I still think he's a great quarterback he still has the arm he can still make some of the throws you just had him in Atlanta playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in the league you also his coaching hasn't been that great the past couple of years, and also you look at the talent. Julio's been hurt most last year. No Julio, Calvin Ridley quit midway through the season. It was basically just him and Kyle Pitts and a, a bit of Russell Gage. So Matt Ryan to me is a still a really good quarterback, and I think he gives life to the coach and he puts him in contention in that division. I I can no longer even though the Titans made that some good moves the Hooper and the who's a receiver again, Robert Woods, um, to, yeah. like, compete. Because I made it seem like they were just running away with this division again. I think Matt Ryan and the Colts can give him some comp for that division. And if I'm the Colts, I still would add another weapon. I personally think Julio to the Colts makes a lot of sense. I'd love to see it happen. Who knows if it happens, but I think it makes the most sense. But love this move for the Colts. Amazing. And you're back in it. Then we go to uh, – are you going to say something, Matt? I was gonna say you're kind of choppy, but you hearing that too, Sam, or is that just uh... kind of yeah? It's like cutting in and out. Yeah. For real? Yeah. yeah. You're fine now. <clears throat> you want, you want me to start that whole thing over again? No, no, no we hear the whole thing. No, no, it, no. it was just like cut out like every once in a while. You're good. Yeah. Okay. I just cut this part where we're talking, right? If you want. Yeah. You, yeah. You can cut it. Or that right. really, yeah, cut it. <laughs> all right, then. Um, as for the Falcons part of this, I well, we all know they're entering rebuild mode. I know some uh Falcon fans are mad they only got third round pick in return, but let's be honest, what could you have gotten in return? The Colts had nothing to give when they traded most of it all the way for Carson Wentz in terms of their first round picks and their second round picks. So, a third for Matt. <laughs> what? Dude, what? Your dog is fucking like popping up, bro. <laughs> Dude, you're like dog louder than you, bro. This is why I like to push it back until they're like, they're asleep in the dog. Oh, man. No. Yeah, All, right, All right, we got more to cut out now. Everybody's in the, everybody's in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm nervous. Oh. In the kitchen, so the dog isn't gonna shut up unless. Holy shit! Dude, said your dog's popping up. 
right. Falcons part of this. Well, they're entering rebuild mode. I saw some Colts fans pretty – I mean, Falcons fans pretty upset that all they could get in return was a third-round pick. But let's be honest here. What could they really have gotten in return? It's a – the Colts are, had already given up their first-rounders and their second-rounder for Carson Wentz. So the third is all they could give. And if you're a Falcons fan, you should uh, you should be happy that you at least got a third round. Now, I don't get – how come they're like – the cap hit is affecting them? I thought it was the entire – so it was are the Colts even taking on the contract of Matt Ryan or – I read yeah, some they something. They basically, oh, they basically swapped the Wentz for the Ryan. I believe. So, but the Falcons, believe but the Falcons, but like, how come it says the Falcons so have like a forty-some uh, dead cap? That's that's just how it works in terms of trading. Like he was gonna have a dead cap regardless, trading or release. So if we were to get rid of No Snaggler, we'd still have some dead cap of this. Yes. All right. Well, I did not know that, but yeah. So that sucks for the Falcons. But so yeah, the Falcons are entering rebuild mode, and they went out and got uh, Marcus Mariota, which yeah, really special. I mean, he was pretty good with. Well, I mean, he has chemistry with Arthur Smith. I'm not gonna say he was good with Arthur Smith because he lost his job to Tannehill with Arthur Smith. Um, but he has some. This is not really a good roster. They know they're not competing. You know, I'm the Falcons. I would just try to be in play. I know they want to stay competitive because they won seven games, but I would try to like lose a lot. I want to have a shot to at least have a pick. For Bryce Young or Chris, uh, CJ Stroud, I want one of those guys to be in play for them. Oh, if I'm a Falcon, I want one of those guys to be in play for my for the Falcons. But yeah, they've entered the rebuild mode. Matt Ryan is gone; it's over there. So great move for the Colts and as for the Falcons. Mm, I mean, they got they got a pick out of it. Let's just hope they can nail their draft picks because it's a rebuild mode, and they are gonna have a lot of well, that big dead cap hit. They they're in and right now also. My question is, are they going to make moves for wide receivers? Because right now, Marcus Mariota's throwing to Elias. Says how you pronounce his name? Um, zucchini. Yeah, zucchini. Uh, Frank Darby, and I don't even know who yeah. the other receiver are, is. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. You guys can uh, take it. Yeah. All right, yeah, I'll take. Um... This, in my opinion, and I think that this is going to get, you know, I think that this is may get a little bit of hate, but I think both teams win this trade, right? Because the Colts, you're getting a guy like Matt Ryan who can be that safety, safer quarterback, that guy that might not be as reckless with the football as Carson Wentz. And he gives you a good arm strength. Mobility lacks, obviously, but that's okay. Jonathan Taylor is still going to be the focal point of that offense, regardless of Matt Ryan's ability to throw. Um, you do need more receiving help. I don't know if Julio Jones and Michael Pittman will be like the greatest duo, just because they kind of the same skill set right now in their career. I think they need like a bonafide deep threat, whether they get that in free agency or the second round of the draft because of all the receiving talent. And I think the Colts will be, like you said, I think they'll be in play for the division. Might make a wild card. Who knows? The AFC is stacked. Nothing's guaranteed. Anything could happen. But they do have a very tough schedule with the AFC South. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with that. As for Atlanta, I think this is a win because, yes, you're taking on $40 million in dead cap. But you had to do it eventually. And, in fact, I think they should have did this a couple years ago because you look at these rosters and you're thinking that this team should have rebuilt 
two to three years ago because they were just accepting mediocrity. It was seven and nine season after seven and nine season. Like I remember there was a season where they were like one and seven and it looked like they were like well on track to get like a, a top pick in 2020. And then they just went on this massive winning streak at the end of the year because you had talent on the offensive side of the ball for that long, but had never had the defensive pieces to end up making runs. And now that no one's there, you got Marcus Mariota, you got the third round pick. It gives them that direction where they are down at the bottom because Mariota isn't great. He's not, I guess he's not awful, but he's not great. And you're going to ha- – you see that offense now. All you really have is Kyle Pitts. Cordell Patterson is decent. But now you're going to really see the Falcons start to really be a awful football team instead of a 7-9, and 7-10 season, which Matt Ryan, which who has talent and was able to guide them to those games that they might not have been able to win, other- win otherwise. So now I think this gives Atlanta a clear direction. they got to pick out of it. The Colts are going to have a clear direction this hopefully they can capitalize on it for their sake and i think that this can be a win-win trade for both sides yeah maddie uh, I told you they create magic together make it happen i agree with matt i think both teams got something good this for this trade like i don't think the falcons are getting much more than a third for matt ryan i think that's a good Good draft pick to get for him. And on the other side, the Colts. I think Ryan's a step up from Colt from Wentz. So I think the Colts I think if anybody won that trade, it's the Colts. But I don't think the Falcons necessarily lost that trade. Yeah. All right, I, All right, I gotta I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that I think that the Colts win this trade day one, but potentially if the Falcons are able to hit on some top draft picks in the years to come, I think that this could be a turning point for their franchise now that they you know, obviously they gave up a franchise cornerstone, but if they can get more franchise cornerstones because of this trade, they might be able to win in the long haul. Yeah. I was gonna say, as of right now, what direction do you think the Falcons are going round one in the draft? They gotta. I don't think they're gonna take a receiver. I don't. I don't. I don't know because I think that there's plenty of talent for them to pick from in the second round with receivers. So I think that they might go like someone on defense, another corner to pair with Terrell, maybe a edge rusher because that's a there's a lot of good edge rushers this year. Do you think they go on Malik Willis if he's on the board? What? Malik Willis if he's on the board. They could. Um, I've I've heard rumors. You could, I think you can. Desmond Ritter. Oh boy, that, I don't know about Ritter with the eighth overall pick of the draft, but I think Willis could be in play. I think if you buy the potential of Malik Willis, obviously a rocket arm, a lot of speed, but he's raw. He's a he's a raw prospect, as are most quarterback prospects this year. If you want to take Malik Willis and prey on his potential, then sure. If not, I would say that you should wait till next year and potentially get yourself a Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud. There's another quarterback to them for getting. I think it's the guy from Florida, Richardson, right? That's his name? To be honest, I, I know they say it's a good quarterback pass, but I don't know the names outside of Young, out of Young and Stroud. And Rattler, who yeah, I still don't I, think is that great. But he's Rattler, a Rattler, too. But I, and then again, you gotta, he's got to prove himself in, in South Carolina. I, mean, I believe that's where he's going. 
But, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of options for Atlanta. I think that they're better off if I'm Atlanta. Defense because you don't really have some of that. You might, or you go receiver in the second round along with the defense of the first round because you know you got Mariota for one to two years, so you don't necessarily need to take a quarterback this year more than you're going to need to take one next year. So if I'm Atlanta, I'm taking guys to surround my quarterback with rather than throwing my first round quarterback in the fire, especially in the weaker quarterback class. Okay. Well, Sam, looks like you can move it to the next biggest move of the week, which we all know was Trent Brown coming home to New England. That is not what we're doing. Oh, Malcolm Butler returning. That's also not what That's we're doing. That's also not what we're doing. What big move so, happened? Uh, some receiver from the Chiefs were traded was traded to the Dolphins for a first and a second and a fourth this year and a fourth and a sixth next year. And that receiver happened to be Tyreek Hill. Yeah, um, I personally think this is a win-win for both teams, but I can see one team being the clear winner in the Kansas City Chiefs. Do as if they are able to hit in all of their picks because they have the end of the day have the better quarterback in this, have the better coach, and as of right now, have the better organization. Now, the Dolphins are in it with a rookie coach who I like, Mike McDaniel. I like the Shanahan systems. But they still have Tua, who, yeah, Tua's not the worst, of course, but he still isn't the best thing there is out there. And I know some I, I know some people think Tua's about to be elevated and be better. I think at best of what we're getting at Tua is a left-handed version of Jimmy Garoppolo, where you look at the stats as, like, it's, like, slightly above average, and you're like, well, I mean, it was enough to win games, yeah, but – it's not like very eye-popping where you're like, but with a roster like this, you want it to be way more. That's what I feel like it's going to be like, but it's still a great move. And I like the approach that Miami did this offseason. And with that move too, they've the past couple of years of Brian Flores, they've attacked defense. So what they do? Now they have a good defense with all the moves they've made. Now they got an offensive coach and they attacked offense. I, I like the receiving core of Cedric Wilson, uh, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. Gustav Gusecki at tight end. Uh, they added Raheem Mostart to the receiving game, and I believe Chase Edmonds. Sure. Some pretty Devontae Parker is still there as well. He's been in trade rumors, though, so I don't know. Yeah, they're going to trade him. Yeah, he's a future eagle. Um, what's it called? Uh, and then, so yeah, the, I, the offense they built around to was actually pretty good. It's actually they kind of building him the offense he was built at Alabama. He loves the R. They love to use the RPO game with him. The slant. So what they do. They got them guys that could run routes like that and just have the speed to separate from everybody. So this offense should cater to what Tua likes to do. And if anybody's expecting some big boy, a big play explosiveness, you shouldn't. And my question is, does Tyreek Hill want that? Because if he doesn't, boy, oh boy, did you make a mistake choosing Miami. But like I said, great move for Miami. Time will tell if they're winners in this due to the fact what happens with Tua. I'm still under the impression that he'll be solid, but – I do think they move off him, if not next year, probably the following year. And as for the Chiefs, they are they're already good. And I know we're like, oh, well, they're, they've lost some players. Yeah, they have, but they're still really good. And I think if they're able to hit on a lot of these picks, they could be even scarier because they're, like I said, we're a really good team. They have Mahomes at quarterback, so they have Kelsey. They have Andy Reid there at coach. If they can nail these picks, which Brett Reach has been pretty good at drafting some talent, I think the Chiefs could be huge winners out of this. I don't know, maybe even use those picks to package and 
move up in the draft or trade for another player, which I doubt they don't really trade for players. But I, as of right now, on the long run, I think the Chiefs end up being the winner. But as of right now, it seems like a win-win for both teams. The uh, Chiefs get to add more, and the uh, Dolphins get a star player that hopefully makes their quarterback and their team be better. I mean, for sure, it's better than New England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll start with Miami and Chiefs. I think both of them won this trade. You know, I think in their own ways, because the Chiefs didn't want to have to pay Tyreek. You know, that's this is what you have to do with Patrick Mahomes getting all that money. His contract finally kicking in this year, and they needed to make some cuts to the roster to make it so everyone else around him is going to get paid cheap money. That's kind of what happens when you pay a franchise quarterback. The talent by default gets less and less and less. So going to Miami now, Tyreek provides them with offensive attack where they can finally push the ball downfield. Waddle can do that as well. But I think for Tua this year, he's I think he's going to need to push the ball down the field because I think that you need to see that he, your quarterback can be able to do that because if not, I don't think Miami's going to have any problem moving off of Tua after this year if they don't see anything more than just the game manager that can throw slants. I think that they're going to want to push the ball down the field with Waddle and Hill. I think they're going to want that big play potential. Cedric Wilson is the guy that can also get them some big plays, but obviously Waddle and Hill are the huge benefactors here for the big plays. Cedric Wilson gives me a lot of Kendrick Bourne vibes for them. He's, he was good in a limited role last year with Dallas, but um. Yeah, they're going to need to see Tua pushing the ball down the field, being able to make some throws rather than just checking it down. Because we didn't really see that at all with Tua these per, these first two years. We've seen him have steady numbers and steady throws, but he hasn't really had to throw very much because they couldn't really do that. But now with Tyreek, you're going to be able to do that. And I don't think that the Dolphins are going to wait around to try to maximize the potential of this pot- the potentially potent offense. They just signed Toronto Armstead to Buck, who is not even to his blind side. I forgot he's a lefty. This is a left tackle, so he's going obvi- to this is obviously going to not be his blind side, as I don't know what I was saying. Blind side, because usually people are Most quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's a great signing for Miami. I think that it'll provide some stability on the offensive line, which Miami really hasn't had in the last three to four years. And I think Miami can be a really good team if Tua is able to get the ball down the field. Obviously, you're going to run some of that RPO stuff with Tua and make him comfortable, but he needs to be able to take the shot down the field every now and then if this Dolphins offense wants to be successful. And with the Chiefs, I still don't think a receiver is out of play in the first round despite signing MVS. Because Juju's on a one-year deal. Hardman might be a free agent soon, and you never know how the wide receiver market is. So they could really – they could take a receiver in the first round. They have another pick in the first round, pick 30, I believe. So I think they have two back-to-back picks. The Chiefs have been very good at drafting hidden gems in the draft last year, especially with Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton, both very good players for them. So a couple years ago – What? A couple years ago with Snead. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of great players that they've drafted in later rounds, mid rounds. So the Chiefs, I think you're gonna hit on some of these draft picks because you know, you gotta be good at draft like you're gonna get all these picks, but the question is, are you gonna hit on these picks? And to me, I think that if I can bet on the team hitting picks, it's the Chiefs, right? And yeah. 
And I think that they could potentially win this. But I also think that the Dolphins can potentially win this down the road as well if this makes Tua a better quarterback for the future. Because I think Tyreek is one of those guys that can elevate Tua if he's able to make the throws. So I think both of these teams win. If, I, if I'm going to pick a long-term winner, like if I were to bank on it, I'd probably say Kansas City just because they paid Tyreek a lot of money. And who knows how two is going to be, even with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle on his team. So I think both teams win, but if I'm going to pick a long-term winner or bet on a long-term winner, it'll be Kansas City. Yo, hang on a second before you go. I want to get – so, Matt, you said you want to see two take more deep shots, which I think we will, yeah. but I think, I think the deep shots will be like the ones we see Jimmy G throw. Do you think that's still enough or you think you need more – because when I look at when I think of Jimmy Jeep shots, I think of anywhere between twenty to sometimes thirty yards. Do um, you think that's enough to convince I, the Dolphins, or would you want? Longer? I think if he does that, I think it could be. I think that I don't think they're going to move off of him unless they see that. Like I think they're going to want to push the ball down the field. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know how much is considered enough, especially with the new coach, and he should be able to. I think they're going to obviously run a lot of screens for Tyreek and Jalen Waddle because they're both very fast and good after the catch. So I think they're going to be taking some shots. I don't think they're going to be like crazy shots just to like ease Tua in at first. But I think maybe later on in the season, I think you could see Tua taking more shots. Than Will he hit the shots on the field? We don't know because that's not usually what he does. But these 20 to 30 yard things are, I think, I think it's solid enough for now. And if they see enough to year, roll with them year four, I think they're going to start to do air it mm-hmm. out more consistently. Time will tell. Yep. All right, Sam. Uh, yeah, once again, I agree with Matt. I think there's really no winner right now, but long term, the Chiefs will be. The Chiefs have 12 picks this year now. And six of them are in the first three rounds. So, I mean, they got a haul for Hill. And like you said, they got Juju. They got MVS. So, it's not like they're stranded at receiver. They still have Kelsey, which people are forgetting about. And the Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs. They're never going to be a bad team. They're going to be a great team this year. As long as Andy Reid is there, they will still be. Andy Reid and Mahomes, as long as them two are there, they're going to be a great team. So... I really don't think there's – I think the same thing with Matt. They're going to look and see what, what Tua is doing. If Tua is good, if he can make that step this year, obviously they'll keep him. But I don't think they're going to be too hesitant to move off of him. They can't be. With that offense, they can't be. Yeah. They, have to, they have to pull the trigger right away if they want to get what's best for them. So, yeah, so it. my thing is Chiefs got 12 draft picks this year. Dolphins have a stacked offense. So – with Gasecki there as well. And yeah, they got Gusecki. Mostert and Chase Edmonds as well. They yeah. still have Devontae Parker there. Cedric Wilson as well. They Cedric Wilson. Said the pieces are pieces. Do they have Will Fuller? Place in Miami. Nah, I know he's a free you No, know, Will Fuller's a free agent, which I believe he's going to Cleveland. Get it done, Bill. Good night, him with Watson. <laughs> no. Bill, we need Odell on this team. Please make well, OBJ. We need Devontae Parker. No, no, I prefer OBJ. OBJ or Julio. I mean, yeah, it's obviously yeah, like well, anyway, we're getting off track let's, here. Yeah, yeah let's, we, let's keep it. Let's keep it in Kansas City. So I think it was a day or two after they traded Tyree Kill, they made a signing for Marquez Valdez Scantley. As we all know, they they have been tied to our team, the Patriots. He has been tied to our team, the Patriots, since 
I believe, day one of free agency. Sam has want, been wanting him for a while. I got him bored towards the end. Really Matt, wanted him. Yeah, Matt didn't want him at all. But we'll talk about the Chiefs. Him. And yeah, I do think it's a bit pricey. It was what he wanted, though. I was, was told that deal? that's three years, 36 million, 12 mil a year, which is what, remember, he said that he had told Bill he wanted. And it didn't look like Bill was willing to pay that much. Bill said, go test your market and not come back over here for cheap. Um, but the Chiefs get the money. And sure, it's a bit pricey, but I still don't think they over overpay with all. Like, they would have given him $15 mil a year. Like, oh, okay, what are you doing there? Or even over there in Jacksonville with Christian Kirk. I think it's a great deal. He's a speedster guy who will fit there. If he can stay healthy, the Chiefs should be fine now. Are they going to be Tyreek Ty- 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 Hill explosive? No, he won't. But this Chiefs team is still really good. It's being very underlooked. And I think because of that, they could have a – I wouldn't be surprised they came out and won this division again. I feel like they're going to underlook them a lot, and they're just going to come out and have a great season. Because, again, well, the O-line is still – the O-line is still good. And what's it called? They they got to keep Orlando Brown. They signed to me last year. Creed Humphrey was a great draft pick. Um, so is Trey Smith. Was oh, yeah, Trey Smith. I always forget about Trey Smith. I think they're also the team that drafted Lucas Niang, although he hasn't really shown anything, but yep. he's young and can have potential. Um, mm-hmm. They they still have Mahomes, Andy Reid at play calling, BMD's still there, uh, Travis Kelsey. They added MBS to this offense. Juju's in this offense, of course. And I'm a, I'm a big McCall Hardman guy. I hope he can have the breakout year this year, which I think he can hopefully. But like I said, I'm on the Chiefs. I go attack the wide receiving um, I would go attack the wide receiver class here in the draft. I think it would be a perfect fit for them. They want another version of Tyree Kill, which is one thing that the NFL should not allow happen, and that is Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. I think he yep. fits like a glove on this offense. He makes them super yeah. scary. Like That's, a glove, and, yeah. Yeah, he fits like, yeah, he fits like a glove. Uh, if they got that, that would be amazing for them. But like I said back, I think great signing by the MV, MVS. It was kind of like a Charveris Ward, like the Niners with the Ward. It was a bit pricey, but it wasn't super pricey to the point where we're like, oh, they over overpaid. I think he's going to be a low key great signing. He's going to fit well in offense with Juju, Kelsey, Cardman, and hopefully a rookie that could be Deshaun Dotson. The Chiefs should be fine. And I feel like if we keep underlooking them, they're about to be better than we expect. Because right now we're probably thinking, well, I know we are. We're thinking they're at least maybe second or third in the division. But there's some people that are going to really quit on them and say, oh, worst team in their division. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of nowhere, rolled this division again, even with how tough it got, and found a way to finish first in the AFC West again and probably a top two or three team in the AFC. But that's my take on the MBS signing. Great, low-key great signing. Chiefs fans should be happy. Yeah, um, I think the reason I wasn't in on – Baldur Scantling for the Patriots is because he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would even fit in this offense, right? Because he's more of that, like, we had Nelson Aguilar signed last year as this kind of deep threat kind of clear out, and that didn't really work out. We didn't really know that with the ball much. Yes, Mac is going into his second year. We're going to have to see how his arm strength has progressed, but I, I was, what I saw year one, it just didn't look like a great fit. But with Kansas City, this is a very good fit for Marquez Baldur Scantling. He is a deep threat, obviously. He's not really Greater than anything else besides the deep threat, I didn't. I didn't think the Chiefs would even sign him. To be honest, I thought they were going to roll with Hardman to be the deep threat and then go receiver. But the fact that they were able to get Valdez Scantling, that they have Juju on a one-year deal, I think MVS can be a very good number two, number three receiver down the road for him because of his deep threat potential. 
And, yeah, that, that's all I got. I think that they're going to attack receiver round one and then MBS, and then they might re-sign Hardman down the road. But I think right now to secure an MBS for three years, a little bit of an overcome, but not too crazy. I think that they're happy with this sign. Yeah. Sam? Yeah, I, I like the signing. You know, obviously he's not going to be what Tyreek Hill was. But, like you said, with Mahomes there, I don't think Mahomes really needs too much talent around him. I think he'll do fine with this receiving core. He's um, just got to play smart with this. He's got to play yeah. smarter with this receiving core. Like, he, he, he learned that at the end of last year, but he just got to continue what he did at the end of last year. That we did. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm sorry. I'm all right, go ahead, Sam. Uh, yeah, like Ramon said, I wouldn't be surprised if they just keep what they've done, win the division, or at least compete for the first in the division. Uh, they do, I think they will go receiver first, though. Like, also, like Ramon said, that's really all I have about it. I am actually really terrified of them right now. Like I'm not, really? I'm no longer confident on my Raiders winning that division. I just <laughs> something in the back of my head is telling me that come time where we make our season predictions, put Kansas City first. I just let's just wait for the draft to happen. Yes, but I just I have this. I have I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling that this offense is not going to lose a step. I feel like they could even be better because, like Matt says, this forces Mahomes to have to be more smarter now on offense with this new unit because he's no longer. We're gonna, we're gonna having, see how good yeah. he really is without a. Yeah, yeah, I really like this test for Mahomes. I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna live up to this challenge. I think, I think, yeah. I think he'll be it's fun. gonna be even better. I'm, I will, I'm very afraid of these guys right now. So on the yeah. back of my head, just telling me that they are about to come out and force and wreak havoc on everybody without Tyreek Hill. Yeah, go ahead, guys. Yeah. All right. So, does anyone have anything else to say? I got no. All right. So now we're gonna move on to a newer segment where we're going to – I have two players here, and we're just going to say who we think is better. But, like, um, players that are close, right, that are debatable? Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll start off with Lamar and Kyler. Oh, you guys take it away. I feel like I know where – I think you guys have the same pick, and I think I'm different from y'all. So let's see. I think I think I, I thought I was gonna be different. I'm gonna shock oh, the world oh. here. Then I I think I might be with Matt on this. Unless see Matt, go ahead. I'm going Lamar. Yeah. I think Lamar and like Lamar and Kyler both have that same thing where they can both they both are threats with their legs, huge threats with their legs. But I think Lamar is more of that game-breaking quarterback runner. I think Kyler is a better 15 to 20-yard runner. The occasional, like, like he's not, he doesn't usually break off a huge run like Lamar can and will. Kyler could, but it's not, it's not as, you know, not as much because he's not great at breaking tackles. Lamar can break tackles when he runs, which is even scarier. And Lamar took a, step in the passing game this year as well with accuracy and arm strength. So I think I think right now I'm taking Lamar over Kyler. Yeah, I'm on the, the Lamar one too because no, don't get me wrong, they're both good. And I think Kyler gets better and better every year, but I feel like Kyler's game, hang on, for as good as it gets, it needs the pieces around him to still work because we can have this phenomenal Kyler all we want, but I just feel like he needs the weapons because, like Matt said, with his legs, 
he adds you a good 15 yard run, maybe sometimes 20, but he, his runs aren't game changing like Lamar where Lamar, you look at, like he said, he did take a step up with the passing game, which he has tried to work on so much. And I'm, I like that Lamar does that, which is why I never got the comparisons to him and Cam that, Oh, he's going to be another Cam. No, Cam never worked on fixing his passing. Lamar did. Unfortunately, the Ravens haven't really helped them in the receiving game. I know they've drafted Bateman, but still wasn't that well. The jury is still really on Bateman. But, like, I'm t- when this game comes down to where Lamar Hill has had to work with less than what Kyler in terms of talent around him, and he's just able to just do it all. He He's a, he's a game changer. Like, you can put Kyler in the elite because it, he's an amazing player and all that, but in terms of a guy that's going to go out there and totally change the game, no matter what his offense is, it's Lamar Jackson easily. Kyler can change this game with the weapons if they're healthy, but like Lamar, he doesn't really have that much in Baltimore outside of Mark Andrews that's consistent, and he just he's just it's hard to stop him. He every time he's on the field, the Ravens have a shot at winning a game. And on the other side for the Cardinals, if Kyler has a healthy Hopkins, then they've got a shot at winning a game. But still, not very far off. Kyler's still really good. I'd say they're one over the other. They're like right there neck and neck. But I would take Lamar. And I'll add something to Lamar's case here is I feel like Kyler, he's a lot more he's a lot more likely to evade the pocket when there's pressure going his way. And in turn, I think he scrambles his way into a lot of really bad situations that Lamar doesn't well, usually put himself into. Because I mean yeah. and also Kyler over the middle isn't as reliant because he is but you know, I, I don't like to say this as like an excuse or a fault, but he is not the tallest quarterback out there. So he doesn't you, like. I, I don't know why he struggles over the middle, but if I were to assume, it's maybe because he doesn't have the greatest vision over the offensive lineman. So I think that that might be why he's middle. His mid middle of the mm-hmm. field passing hasn't been crazy, and why they designed a lot of out routes for Kyler to throw. But yeah, like I said with Kyler, he likes to he like he does like to scramble, but sometimes he does it a little bit too much, and sometimes it's against his own good. Yeah. So Sam, are you going with your boy Kyler? I'm gonna shock the world, and by shock the world, I mean shock you guys. I'm going Lamar. Ooh, wow. I, okay. You're never I'm picking put, Kyler. I, I yeah, I hate to say it, but I think Lamar is better right now. However. I think at the end, when they're both like in like five, ten years, I think Kyler will be better. But right now, I think Lamar is better. And you guys I pretty much covered it. I think I'm still taking Lamar in five to ten years. If I, I just start like a he, franchise, I'm taking his, Kyler. That's, that's tough to His legs are still, still game-changing. Game if, if I had to start a franchise, I'm taking Kyler. But right it's, now, it's, I think Lamar is better. Because it's tough to predict who's going to be better in five to ten years because you don't know what kind of events will happen. In, in career-ending injuries. Not career-ending, but career-desolating injuries. Hopefully that never happens to anybody. I hate to see that. But that no. could happen. The team around him could suffer. And, yeah. you know, obviously mobile quarterbacks in the past anyway have had a very – short prime to say the least because they're taking so many hits like more hits than just like a pocket passer like Tom Brady you know they're taking a lot of hits to the knees taking a lot of hits to all that that area where they're going to become slower over time because of the hits accumulating at the ankles and yeah yeah. Yeah. you see you really um, never know what's going to happen with quarterbacks like that I don't think there's a wrong answer here I think you could go Kyler you could go Lamar there's really no wrong answer here All right. yeah um Next, uh, I, we all know where Ramon's going with this one. 
Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson. Matt, you want to start? Yeah. Um, I'm taking the 20, like the latest version of Watson over Josh Allen. Um, I think both of them have great intangibles. I think Josh Allen has a rocket arm. He has pretty good speed. But I think Deshaun is, has a lot more speed. I think he can make talent around – like, I think he can make people around him better. He proved that. Allen kind of came on when Diggs came to Buffalo and became that true number one guy for him. So, I think Deshaun can – I'm taking Deshaun just because I know he can work with less and still be successful where the jury is still low with that for Josh Allen. So, that's why I'm taking Watson. Well, it looks okay. like – Okay. Um. I – so we're saying the, the latest version we saw of Deshaun Watson compared to Josh Allen now, right? The latest version, yeah, because of each we, we really we really don't know. Yeah, because I because this year. Yeah, because I was gonna say if we're going off now, you easily have to say Josh Allen, and I'm very. Just you guys know player. I. You guys oh, know I like easily have to say I, Josh Allen. I I like Josh. I mean, I like uh, Deshaun so much, but like, I'm really tempted into taking Josh Allen just because yeah. he's just. His improvement, but then Matt made some cases and I agree with. Yeah, we've actually seen Deshaun have to work with less talent and it's been great. While for Josh Allen, it's, all, it's always been, well, we'll just wait until he gets the talent. And now that he's gotten the talent, it's, we've seen the best of Josh Allen. While Deshaun, he gives us – we know we're getting with Deshaun whether he has the talent or he doesn't. And I've always thought also – because I've also – I heard the argument when Deshaun got drafted again, people were making rank – like, where's Deshaun ranked? Some people were putting him over because of this one thing, and I think – Deshaun is still and has always been a more accurate quarterback than Josh Allen. Josh still mm-hmm. lacks some of his accuracy. Like, there's some games where it's like, yeah, sure, he'll make some he's impressive throws, but like, yeah, he's improved, but it's still like, it's not Deshaun Watson type of accuracy. So, yeah, I'm taking, like, we're going off like Sam said, who you pick as our franchise, I'm going Deshaun. But you can't, like you said, these are close ones. You can't go wrong with either because I think. Josh has really made a case. I mean, I dropped the oh, yeah, video the other making the the other day making a video that you could argue he's a top two quarterback. That's but I'm going Deshaun Watson. Bit biased, but Josh Allen ain't that bad. That's all I gotta say. This one was really tough. You you really almost yeah. had me picking someone over Deshaun Watson. Hey, look, yeah, I almost I picked someone over Kyler. So uh, I'm going Deshaun as well. You guys pretty much covered it again. Uh, Watson's better on his feet, and he's also a better pass, more accurate. Yeah, I was gonna say in terms of like arm strength, Allen has some. Well, Allen has it, yeah, but but, but if I'm if I'm taking if I'm taking the 2020 Watson because I know that he can make lesser talent around him good. Yeah, then I, I think I'll take that over Josh, who has improved his accuracy. I don't think that he we can't take that away from him. He's still. But he's not he's not as inaccurate as he was in twenty nineteen because that was horrific. But um yeah. like he's improved it, but I haven't really seen him work with that without like Stefan Yeah, Stephon I gotta see I gotta see Allen with no Stefan Diggs and no you know what I mean like Watson is well, I mean, I, I mean we we saw it already, it was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Alright, uh the next one. You guys ready for the next one? Yeah. Jerry Judy and Mike Williams. This is tough. I'll right. start. I'll I, go. I'll go. I'm going Judy. He, I think he's better. He's definitely better in the route running. He's very underrated route running. And yeah, he, 
he's he's been injured, so you can't really like, we haven't really seen Judy with a full season. So mm-hmm. Mike Williams is all all is Mike Williams is uh the uh what's the word I'm looking for? Obviously the uh the big body receiver that can go up and make the grab, go get the jump ball, but Jerry Judy kind of as well. We've seen Jerry Judy go up and grab balls like that. So I think I think I'm taking Jerry Judy here. I uh, I gotta go. I gotta go, Mike Williams. Just because today I was arguing with a friend of mine because he was he's a Cowboy fan. Of course, he was he was overrating Michael Gallup, and he told me to name a bunch of receivers over Michael Gallup. I put Michael over Judy just because Judy hasn't been healthy. I do think a healthy Judy is better than him, but because Judy yeah, we're, going healthy. Him, we're going we're healthy. going we're going healthy. I mean, well, I the last thing is, if we're if we're going latest to Sean, we go healthy Judy. Oh, okay, then. that's fair enough. Yeah. I still think I'm gonna take healthy. I'm gonna take Mike Williams just because even healthy Judy. On, I, I'm Judy, and I, I'm a big Judy fan. I got like I like a bunch yeah, of bound receivers, but it was more first it was Julio, then it was Amari Cooper, then it was a while. Like I like some guys. Calvin Ridley was kind of close to getting me there, although I do like Calvin Ridley. And then it was Judy. Right now, it's actually been Waddle, which sucks that he's in Miami because I like him a lot. Um, I was arguing him over Chase, which I was kind of wrong in that because Chase is amazing. But um, I'm going to go Mike Williams over Judy because even with a healthy Judy, we haven't really seen great, great – like we haven't seen the Judy that we thought we were getting out of college. Like if the Judy that we saw in college was the Judy playing in the NFL right now, oh, you could easily say Judy. But am I going to say it's a big, big gap? No, again, it's really close because these are very tough ones. But I'm just going to take Mike Williams because I've, I've gotten, when healthy, I've gotten more consistency from Mike Williams than I have from Jerry Judy. So I'm going Mike Williams. Real quick before yeah. you go, Matt, uh, well, let's never forget when our friend Zach said that Mike Williams was worse than Sammy Watkins. Uh, that is a legendarily awful take. I, I, I can't. I, I couldn't believe it at the time, and I, I still can't believe it now. That that was that was awful. Shout out Zach's terrible take. He's also one of those guys that believe dome quarterbacks are um that they they have they're affected oh. by wait, wait. which is he, not true he, either. Look, I know that one's bad, but today my friend told me that Michael Gallup was and has always been better than Amari Cooper. That's an L. <laughs> That is such yeah. a hell. That, anyway, that's, why, that's why he's not here today. Yeah, yeah, anyway, um, so with this Mike Williams and Jerry Judy, I th- it, this is tough because I think both receivers are, like, different in their own way. I think both of them exceed at something that the other one really doesn't. I think that Judy is the better route runner, but I think Mike Williams is the better deep threat in terms of going up and getting a ball for you. I think Mike Williams is, like, I think Judy could also um, do that, but I also think Mike Williams is a decent – route runner like Jerry Judy. So for me, I'm going to go Mike Williams just because even when Judy's healthy, he hasn't really – He we, like we need to see what he can do with Russell Wilson before I can say that Judy is this great receiver. Like I, I think he's very good. I think that I'm – I'm a huge fan of Jerry Judy. Don't get me wrong. I think that he has all the talent in the world. But we haven't really seen him with a consistent quarterback. And this season, I think we're really going to see what Jerry Judy is. If he has a good season – we know he's legit. If he doesn't have that great of a season, what do you really think of Jerry Judy from here on out? You got Russell Wilson now. I mean, unless Russell Wilson doesn't have a good season, but I don't see why he wouldn't have a good season. I think Denver's a perfect fit for him. Yeah. But for me, I'm taking Williams just because I haven't seen 
Jerry Judy yet, like with a good quarterback. Maybe with a good quarterback, this conversation changes, but I've seen what Mike Williams can do. I know what he can do. I'm not really 100% sure on what Judy can do at the NFL level yet. Much like Mahomes is going to have a test with O'Hill, Judy's going to have a test with a good quarterback this year. Oh. This year. Judy, Judy only works with Mac Jones. Get him to New England, though. <laughs> I, I would love that. Sure. Um, next, we got we'll go. yeah, we got three more. We got Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. Oh, oh, yeah, that was my take. So, um, I know the, I'm pretty sure we're all going to have the same one on this one, but for the past couple yeah, years, I've seen some people rank rank Tannehill higher than Matt Ryan. And even some people still want, like, at least time, I've seen some Tannehill fans still say, oh, well, we still have the best quarterback in the division. Tell you, a healthy Matt Ryan behind that Colts offensive line is way better than Ryan Tannehill. I'm taking Matt Ryan over him. I mean, he even has he has the stats that show that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to play. Isn't he like top 15, top 10 in passing yards? All, like, he has all these stats. Well, the only stats he doesn't have. To be have, fair, he played in a pass happy era of football. That went to yeah, he, 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 yeah, yeah, yes, he, he did. But I mean, you also have to be a good quarterback to make sure those passes hit. Like, we see Matt Ryan throw all good balls. Um, he was a great quarterback. He still is a good quarterback. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he, has, he has a bunch of stats. Like singer individual wise that show that he's a great quarterback. The team stats in terms of winning a Super Bowl he doesn't have yet. But like in my eyes, I even I know it's not part of the thing, but I think in my eyes Matt Ryan's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he he's been really good for as long as he's played. He's just been unfortunate to be on Atlanta, who's never won. Now I don't think he'll win in the Colts either. He'll make the Colts good. They'll be a competitive team. But like still, he's already old compared to all these young guns. It's a bit too late. Plus, he's, not, he's not like this bloodbath of an AFC. Yeah, is very tough yeah. This yeah. is this is this isn't going to be a Matt Stafford situation, but it's still going to be good. And in my eyes, as of right now, I think Matt Ryan is the best quarterback in his division. I would take him over Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's decreased a bit. Decreased. I know people want to say, "Oh, he had no receiver. He had no receivers." The one play that always sticks out with me was in New England. No pressure. Wide open Chester Rogers. I don't care that that's no AJ Brown. He overthrew him. That should have been a touchdown. That is on Tannehill with no pressure on him. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to go Matt Ryan. I think if this debate were to come up last year, I think it's, I think it's Tannehill. But after we saw the regression of Tannehill in 2021, I think the easiest thing is to go with Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan was decent with not much talent to work with. Kyle Pitts is good in his own way. Ridley kind of quit him halfway or quit on not quit on the team. I don't want to say quit on the team because he was dealing with issues and hopefully he got better with that. You know, he's gonna have another year to focus on that now after he gambled his way. Another year to, another year to gamble. Yeah. Um but right now I'm taking Matt Ryan. He was decent with lackluster talent, no offensive line. And Ryan Tannehill, I mean even with Derrick Henry out there taking off some of the pressure, even with A.J. Brown out there, this still wasn't the same Ryan Tannehill we saw in 2020 or even 2019. It, wasn't, it was not the same Ryan Tannehill. He was missing throws. He threw a lot more picks. He, he definitely regressed a little bit. And I think – I don't know. I think the Titans are just kind of stuck in a position where they're kind of forced to hold on to him rather than they want to hang on to him. But – Right now, I'm going to take Matt Ryan just because he's safer. Yeah, so it looks like this is going to be a third clean sweep. I'm also going Matt Ryan. I think you guys pretty much covered it once again. <laughs> not much more to add. Yeah. It's kind of, so kind of tough to evaluate. Yeah. Hot takes now? Uh, no, there's still two more left. 
Oh, two more players, all right. Yeah, uh, two more. We have four more players, two more comparisons. Oh, okay. Uh, this one I think is going to be a clean sweep. We've got Derwin James versus the best DB free agent left, Tyron Matthew. It's Derwin James. Really? Really? I, I Healthy Derwin James is a beast. I, sure. I'm a huge Derwin James guy, and I – I would even make arguments for him being the best safety if healthy. Wow. I, I I really hope he can stay healthy this year because I think he is about to have, if he can stay healthy, one of the best seasons in his life, of his career. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Tyron too. I mean, I'm, I'm with Sam on the train of bringing him to New England. I would have been fine with letting McCormick walk and bringing uh, Tyron back. I mean, bringing Tyron to New England. Tyron is still really good, but he's up there in age, and I think he didn't have – that great of a season. I mean, you go look at that Baltimore game. He was straight a bit, and that's against Lamar, who many people knock on for his throwing. Um, but, yeah, he didn't have the best of years. He's still not terrible. And I get, yeah, I know you can say, though, well, when Derwin James, he's mostly always hurt. Yeah, but I just think when he's on the field, I think you get more impact and game-changing plays from Derwin James than you do from a Tyron Matthew. So that's why I would take Derwin. That's a lot of talk about someone that's worse than Kyle Duggar. <laughs> no, he's not. Anyway, 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 I like Rowan's take on Derwin, but I'm going to take Tyron. And I think I'm going to take Tyron, not necessarily because of his skill, because he does have skill. He's great at what he does. But I'm going to take Tyron because of the versatility you can have with That's him on the defensive side of the ball. You can play him anywhere on the defensive side of the ball, and he will contribute. He will make an impact for you. He'll make a play. For you wherever you put him on that field, and for me and Derwin, it, 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 he might be able to make an impact somewhere else. But we've really only seen him play strong safety. Correct. I don't really watch much Chargers, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I, he just seems mainly like a strong safety. But I've seen Tyran kind of move around to certain positions. He's played edge rusher, corner. You know, obviously he's played a lot of safety. That's his main position. He's he, is he lined up in the line? Damn, you're a huge tight linebacker. He's not lined up in the line yet. He's on the D line. Yeah, he was on well on the edge, but yeah. Edge, yeah. Mm-hmm. The linebacker. He can he can do sub linebacker. He can he can play so can much positions for you on the defense, and that's why I'll take Tyron. I think I I was about to say the versatility. I mean, like Tyron said, he's a defensive player. He's not a safety. Um. Duke beat Arkansas. Uh, he's a defensive player, and I mean, yeah, I I lost my train of thought. What did I say? Yeah, Tyron's the greatest player you've ever seen play football. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt covered it. I think the versatility, you can really play him anywhere you want, rather than Duran James, you can really only play him at safety. And I'm sure he can yeah. play other places, but we, we haven't seen it we as can, consistently as Tyrant. We can't, we can't say he has until we see it. Yeah. And then if, if, when you add on the injury concern with Derwin. I don't I don't think that takes away from his skill, because I think Derwin James is a great talent, but I think that the versatility that Tyrant provides, I mean, how can you pass that up for a defense? Yeah. You know, I'm sure any team would oh, be yeah, happy I remember to have either, two of, either one of them, but. Derwin, I mean, Tyran came on to the Can- to the Kansas City defense with nobody but Chris Jones. He came in and he led that defense to the Super Bowl. That's not true. They had Rashad Fenton. Yeah, like I said, he came in there and he led them to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Fenton, Fenton <laughs> took steps, but, I mean, he wasn't as good that year. But 
Hey, Daniel Sorensen exists. What got them there? Yeah. He's well, terrible. I'll say it a third <laughs> time. He came in there with nobody there and led them to the Super Bowl. Juan Thornhill right, they traded. Beast. They traded for Frank Clark. That was a splash. They gave him a first round pick for Frank for, for Frank Clark. So that was Love a splash. Like, I don't think that was a. <laughs> I don't think they do that. Like if they look back at it now, but yeah. you know, I would. Um, I want Frank yeah. Clark in New England next to Judon. Um, okay, we're good. Uh, we got one more. One more. I think this one might be the most controversial. I think this one could really go either way. Antonio Gibson versus DeAndre Swift. No. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I am torn. I like both of these guys. Yeah. Hey, Matt, you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, You can go first, Sam. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to go Gibson. I really don't think it's a wrong answer. You could say Swift. I wouldn't argue against Swift. But I, if I had to choose, I would go Gibson. And I would go Gibson because Gibson last year, when he fumbled the ball, he they took him out. They didn't let him go back in, which affected his stats heavily because obviously he would get taken out of the game and he wouldn't be able to put up any more stats. So his stats are deflated because of that. When I watched games, I had him on my fantasy team. When I watched Gibson play and he fumbled, they took him out with like eight minutes left in a close game. Yeah, I was, was heated. Like, like, what yeah, are you doing? Game. So I think if Gibson, if they don't take Gibson out when he fumbles one time, his stats would be way better, which is why I'm taking Gibson. But they're really very similar players. I don't think you can go wrong with this pick. Obviously, Gibson has a better team around him than Swift. Um, yeah, I think for me, I think these guys kind of both provide different things. I think Swift is more of a speed runner. He can, like, he can break tackles, let's be honest. Every running back can yeah. break tackles every now and then. But for Not me, like Gibson him, yeah. is more of the, Gibson is more of that, like, because he was a receiver in college. So he's obviously more that route runner out of the backfield. Great receiving back Antonio Gibson is. But I think Swift is a little bit better of a runner than Gibson. For, for that reason, I'm taking Swift. I think he's a lot better of a runner in a much worse situation where they kind of, they kind of fed Swift for a while and he was still putting up some decent numbers, even, not even numbers, but he was he still looked very good. Plus, he can he is a good receiver out of the backfield. You can you can run some screens with him and he can take him twenty plus yards down the field. I like I said, I don't really think there's a wrong answer. I think I'd take both of these guys if I had the opportunity. I would take either one of these guys happily with open arms, but. For me, I think Swift is just a little bit more speed-oriented, and for that, I think he can rip off some more big plays than Gibson does. does. So, for me, it's Swift. Last year, I would have said Gibson, but I, it has to be Swift. I just think he provides a lot more. So, you can't – obviously, they both run behind two terrible offensive lines, and they're really good at it. But I just think the explosiveness from DeAndre Swift is just an extra bonus, yeah. and he's a way better running back in terms of the – you need him to line up at receiver. You need him to go a screen pass. I think you just get more out of him in that in the pass catching game, kind of like an Eckler or McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. You just get a, now he's not at their level, but it, I think he could get there. Fortunately, based on the Lions, but he's still even for playing with them, he's really good at it. He just his explosiveness just brings a lot to the table, and Gibson doesn't really have that explosiveness. If he did, I think you're easily you're easily saying Gibson in this, but because he doesn't, I'm taking Swift. But like Sam said, you can't go wrong. Like. Gibson's really good too. I, I I like to. I still believe you. His down year that he's the best running back in this d- division. I'd still take him over Zeke. 
Yeah. All right. So now into our last segment. We're going to go through some hot takes. I have two. I, I, have... I think we should kind of trim it down a little bit just because. How, all right, well, how many do you guys have? Episode, so. I have uh, three, but one I'm fine with cutting. I have, so I have two. So you Matt. guys can just do yours because I don't I don't really have one. Because I, okay. I, I, I had one and I didn't really like mine. So you all guys right. can just do I'll do one things. that should be quick. I think Watson comes when he comes back and if he plays the full season without getting suspended or anything like that, I think he'll come back and be a top three quarterback in the league. That's not hot. I, I think he already is that. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's we don't I don't think we really need to talk about it too much, but yeah, for me, for me, it depends on a couple factors. Number one, will he be suspended, which might take a little bit because he's not going to be with the team if he's suspended. Well, that's what I'm he's saying. Like, if he's not suspended, so, if he plays all the games. Yeah. Well, yeah, but even but even then, like you don't really look at stats or that kind of stuff. If I see the talent with Deshaun Watson, even in a suspended time period, if he's still very good, I'm putting him top three. If he if he put up a great amount of wins, talent, or he showed a lot of talent, made the right plays. And obviously, you know, stats do play a factor in it, but mostly eye tests. Um, I, if I see all that, I think I wouldn't put it. I'd put him in my top three, despite not playing maybe two, four, however many games he's suspended for. And also for me, he hasn't played a little while. So, like, we, we've seen it in the past. Like, sometimes players are a bit slower to it. Like, this, the game has evolved from a couple of years ago, whether you like it or not. It keeps evolving throughout. The players keep getting more advanced. So, it's it, – it, 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 I don't know how tough it will be for Watson to adapt because he hasn't played in a year and a half. So, you know, you got to get back into the speed of the NFL games. So I think that Watson still very much has the talent to be very good in this league. And I think I don't, wouldn't expect it any other way. But I think that if he gets suspended and a little bit of a slow start, I think that can hinder it a little bit. But I don't think that's very good at all. I think that it's very possible for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. All right then, um, we'll get to mine. So I did. I got hot takes, but they aren't really like spicy. In fact, I just forgot one of them. I just remember the one right now that I'm going to say first, and the one I'm deleting. See if I can remember the other one right now. But so this one is that Marcus Mariota will have a better year this season in Atlanta than Jameis Winston does in New Orleans this year. I think he will be the better quarterback this year. I I, I just. He's going into it with a coach that already knows him in an offensive system. And he's going to also have to be a big part of this offense because they have nobody else outside of Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Not to mention, I think Kyle Pitts will help him with most of his yards. And then I look at James Winston, who, don't get me wrong, I like and has a big, strong arm. But, like, they have a defensive coach who we've already seen him be a head coach once, and it was terrible. I Now, I don't think Winston will go, like, super bad, but I just think – Winston will not have a big, big year. And, I mean, even the Saints showed you how much they really – they only signed into, what, a one-year deal? They're not really committing. And, like, they even know this might not even work. And with a defensive coach, I just – if Sean Payton was still coach easily, i go with Winston. And because Thomas is going to be healthy. But I'm going to – oh, not to mention, well, we're talking about how they – his blind side now is going to be terrible because then they just lose Teron Armstead. So there goes Winston's blind side. Now the Falcons' O-line isn't good, but it's still young and improving. But, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm looking at an offensive system for Marcus Mariota compared to a defensive system for Winston. I, I don't think it will be a big gap, but I think Mariota finishes off with a better season. That's my hot take. 
To be honest, I don't I don't even know where to begin with this because I think that they're both kind of different quarterbacks, right? Because yeah. I, I don't think Jameis is that mobile, but he has that arm. Mario doesn't really have that arm, but he's more mobile. So I think that there's going to be, you know, I think Mark Mariota is going to be running for his life a lot because of how bad that offensive line is in Atlanta. You know, with New Orleans, they're going to be getting a healthy offensive line back. Hopefully Michael Thomas will be back for him to throw the ball to. I don't think that they're going to get – overly complicated with Michael Thomas and they're just going to do the same thing. They're going to have him run these short routes that he's been accustomed to running throughout his career with Breeze. Uh, if you get Alvin Kamara back, that's a very, very, uh, very good receiving back out of the backfield that will make you better. Made Drew Breeze decent for his last couple of years in the league. Because, um, you know, Kamara got the majority of the targets from Breeze and the checkdowns, as we all know with the, the memes. So I think Winston can still find success with the, even with the new coach. I think they're still going to – they still know that they need to run the offense, not through Winston, but through Kamara and through getting Thomas the ball quickly. And I don't know if Atlanta has – they have Kyle Pitts, but you got to use him right. Like I, I feel like they didn't use him right at all last year. He, what do you have, like one touchdown last year or something stupid like that? They didn't use him in the red zone. He could be a better threat. So they're, they they got to use Kyle Pitts better. they got to use a lot of Cordell Patterson. But the receivers, to me, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if any of them are even – they might have like totals of two catches a game per all those receivers. They might just have two catches combined because I think that that core is that garbage right now. So if they improve the receiving core a little bit, it's a possibility. But for me, I think Winston will have the better year just because I think there's a lot of it more in New Orleans to work with than Mariota has in Atlanta, and Mariota isn't really the best. He's, he's already worse than Winston right now, but, you know, there's a lot more for Winston to work with in New Orleans than Mariota. Right. Sam? Uh, yeah, I really don't know where to go with this because I haven't really watched any of them play recently. So I can't really say one's going to be better or one's going to be worse. Yeah, it's, you know? it's tough like, to predict it either way. I haven't seen Mariota play since I don't even remember when. 2020, when the, he got into that Thursday night game as a backup. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, against, 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 against Herbert, where he threw the pick. He's still he's all in all that. solid throughout that game, though. Until he threw that pick, like, and then – and Herbert, I was in. I was in. Yeah. Last time I remember, remember watching Mariota play is when it was first the Chiefs. Uh, it was a game where he threw it and caught oh, it. And caught it himself. Well, you haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, that was, also, that was also, same. I believe it was the same game where I, a Chiefs player, I forget who it was, picked it up and ran to the end him. zone, and the 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 commentator had the voice crack that went on for like. A minute straight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that that was a W fucking play. That was that was amazing. All right, Matt, what's your hot take? I I don't have one. That's why because I didn't oh. like remember what's your other so one. I because I, I, I have two more, but I don't know if I we, I can also save them for next. Okay, I, I I wasn't able to think of the other one, so I'm gonna go with this other one. It has to do with our team. It's a bit weak, but you guys will probably think I'm delusional for this. Malcolm Butler will lead the team in interceptions. All right. I'm not going to entertain this terrible take. I think he's going to lead us in a, He's He's easily corner one on this roster. He's going to lead us in interceptions. Maybe corner three. I don't, I don't even he's not, know he's not corner three. 
Uh, Jonathan I, Jones, I, Mills. You are disres- you you disrespecting a Patriots I'm not, legend. I'm not. The, I respect him a lot. I love Malcolm Butler. I really hope he can come back and do what he did. But, I mean, yeah, how old? He's 32 now? Yeah, it's not, losing steps. To, uh, I love Malcolm Butler. I'm not disrespecting him. I I respect yeah. Malcolm Butler a lot. I love we we what love what he did, he did for us, but, but yeah. and like I said, I would love him to come back and be what he was. Like Jonathan Jones never really gets a lot of interceptions. And do we? Jaden Mills didn't get a single interception. I like Jaden Mills. So that's what I'm saying. Butler is going to lead us in picks. All right, you know what? You know what? Interceptions, maybe. Actually, no. You know what? I'm going to say no. I'm going to absolutely say no because I forgot about the safeties. Duggar? Maybe. Duggar, McCordy. Had... I think they both. Duggar had picks. Yeah, he's gotten picks. He got a pick against the Browns, I remember. He got a pick when we were at the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He got a pick yeah. against the Cowboys, against the Browns, against the Jets, and I know he had, like, another he game or two where he had a pick. Yeah, yeah, he did have a, he did have a pick against – that was an amazing he pick he had against the Jets. I remember that. Yeah, he got, okay, he gets picks. So, yeah. Down the 40 as well. Adrian Phillips yeah, come up there. Uh, who knows? Oh, oh Duggar, Duggar got a pick against the uh, – oh, no, it was Phil- – Phillips, right? Yeah, my bad. No, I was about. To, I thought it was the one against the Falcons. Got, uh, I'm pretty sure he got the that pick was six Phillips. against the Chargers. Phillips. Yeah, oh yeah, he got a pick six. Uh, that was oh, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, uh, yeah, and Phillips, yeah, and Phillips also got a pick against the Falcons. Year. So we can't remember the fourth one. So we he remember had the, one against the, the Jaguars. Oh yes, the Trevor Lawrence first pick of that game where he stared down his receiver. Yeah, it was kind of the same as the interception that he got against the Browns. Baker stared down the yeah. receiver. In the same spot. Yeah, so he got one against Dak, got one against Baker, got one against Lawrence, and got one against... Was that... I, no, I, no, I think it was Mike White playing at that time. Wilson was hurt. Yeah, it was in the second oh, half. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was, it was. Mike White, yeah. All right, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of... About the Patriots corners right now. I, I, I'm going to say no on that one. But... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one of the safeties is gonna lead us. But... Only way he won't lead us is if Bill signs Kevin King. No, I'm okay with that. Get it done, Bill. Uh, next, no, next take. Bill. Bill, if you're somehow, some way watching this, do not get that shit done. Um, I have two more takes. I don't know which one I want to do. Just do. I'd say we do one because we're kind of over an hour. Right. Right now, so I don't know which. All right. You know what, Ramon? Pick one or two. Gonna go with two. Because right, Jalen Mills was that number. We are staying with the Patriots. Okay. Matthew Judon is a top five edge rusher. Like right now. Right now. Okay. Like with, Let's see. Is that, is that okay, it? Matthew so, Judon top five edge rusher. That's the thing. Yeah. Miles Garrett is better than him. Yep. TJ Watt is better than him. Sure. Yep. Uh, Ch- Chandler. I see. Me yeah. and Matt were talking about this earlier. Matt Judon has absolutely no help. I know Chandler Jones Chandler has Jones some help for him. Are we going to? Are we going to consider Micah Parsons an edge rusher? Yes. Mm. Then I think I, Micah has to be there. All right. So then I'd say Judon's oh, wow. five. No, because I mean, okay, look, he wasn't healthy, but when healthy, Daniel Hunter is incredible. I would say Judon's Daniel Hunter. No, Dan, Daniel. No, then, yeah, Daniel. Healthy, no. But... Uh, and then good, also, but I, I get that I get this dude is old, but he still makes an impact. You could even make an argument for Von Miller, Khalil Mack too. Mm. Oh, I forget yeah, Mack. Oh, and Khalil the Mack's both, the, 
Bosa's Nick Bosa had a really good year last year, an underrated year. Yeah, Max Crosby Judon's top ten, but I don't think he's top five. There's just a lot of talent out yeah, there. There's a lot of. Talent. I'm not gonna lie, I forgot if, about if, all these guys. If, if Judon, if, <laughs> I, if, I if, forgot if, about all these guys. If Judon would have kept his, it's close though. I will say, I will say, yeah, I will say top ten. I will, I'll give him top ten, and it is close. I think a lot of these guys are all very. If Judon, if Judon would have kept his consistency, because he fell off in the second half, like if we saw Judon where, where he. Yeah, and also, well, yeah, but, I think we, we, no, but we need to see, no, because I know you say Judon needs help. Yeah, but that's why he's not over these guys, because these guys don't need help. Like, we see these guys get double teamed, yeah, and yeah, and they find a way to make it pass. If we saw a Judon like that, then yeah, I'd say you can make a case for that. Too, but he's not really an edge. He's more of a Disney Yeah, player. but yeah, so like. Carson's had lots of help. No, but like, I, I don't think you, I think you could put two guys on Micah Parsons, and he's finding a way to get past him. I think I think yeah, some of these guys don't really need the help to get like that. That's what separates these guys from Judon. I think Judon's great in his own way, and I think he can be a great player for us if we pair him with someone else on the line. That will Today on Conley, please. Give someone. I don't know. I don't really know, but I'm okay. With yeah, that. Um, I think Judon is very good at what he does. I think that he needs someone on the other side or someone on the line to take some pressure off of him. But like Ramon said, I think that some of these guys on the, like all these guys we just named, I think can make a play without like that necessarily like that number, like that one, a one B kind of guy on the defensive line. I think that they can find a way to make plays regardless of the situation they're in. Yeah. Yo, uh, I think we have enough time for that last one since we went through this one quick. Just drop this last okay. one, Sam. I'm interested in hearing it. I'm pretty sure it's hotter than the one you just said. It's very hot. Michael Thomas is a top three receiver in the NFL. Mm, no. Uh, he's really good in terms of catching ability but and maybe some route running. But other than that, he really brings nothing to the table. I don't think he can win a lot of 50-50 balls. He doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have the strength or physicality. I'm sorry. I think you put him with some buffer dude that's actually going to challenge him. I really believe Gilly Lock could put him on lockdown. Um, yeah, he can. Um, he doesn't, like I said, doesn't have the – he's a good route runner, but he also doesn't have the speed or the elusiveness that separates a guy like – like uh, Stephon from him, a Tyreek from him, a Devontae from him. Although I know – Devontae's not the fastest, but his route running is, Chris, one of the best in the leagues. Um, Cooper Cup, too, has some elusiveness. Um, who's – oh, I, I love I, Jefferson. So, I you wouldn't know, put him top three. Yeah, D. But, 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 like, he has some stuff where – like, I think he does have some stuff where Debo, like, in terms of hand and some route running, but Debo does have speed. But, yeah, like, he's missing a lot. If he had all that stuff, then, yeah, you're obviously right, top three receiver. But I just think he has the hands and the, the route running, but – he doesn't have the big explosive pop, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna put him there yet. Do I think I know he had a down year, so it's hard to put him top ten because I was one of his defenders was saying he has to be top ten even though he's hurt. Let's see Nobody him next season. Top ten? No, no, I was defending him when people were saying that no, but I think right now because he didn't play last season, you could argue a lot of guys over him, but I think you can put him at eleven or twelve. Let's just see how he does next season. Because we just saw like bunch, around five. We, we just saw a bunch of new guys that are younger and have more explosiveness to them that you could argue over him that they have a bunch of stuff that he can't do. So true, yeah. And to I to me, I really can't answer this like 
fully because we, we really haven't seen much of Michael Thomas the last couple of years that he's been in the league. And since his best year. We haven't seen him. We haven't really seen him much since. But we know we, we know twenty twenty he wasn't his fully healthy self, whatever. Twenty twenty one he didn't play. So for me, this is kind of an incomplete take because I don't like I don't know how he's gonna come back after his injury. You know what I mean? Because that I mean, that I'm pretty sure he suffered he suffered an injury that affects his running. And since he's not already that like, that game, he doesn't already have that game changing speed before injury. How does this affect his speed and separation after that injury? So to, to me, this has to be Michael Thomas. I need to see you play in order for me to put you. Because like I don't even know where to rank him in terms of receiving. Because like in the last time, the last time he played, there's obviously a lot more receiving talent in this league now, and a lot more guys that have taken steps up when Michael Thomas has been absent on the sidelines because of injury. So for me, I think that I just gotta wait and see what Michael Thomas can do this year before I really put him in that kind of company. Yeah. All right. I guess that wraps it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, go oh, make sure to follow us on TikTok at the Football Profits. Hang on, before we ready. go, before we go out, hopefully by next week's episode, Kevin King is a Patriot. Please, no. Bill, get it done. No, you really need time to say that. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, later, people. Yeah. We out. All right. See you guys next week. All right. All right. See you. All right.